A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually... Actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince. But it was a little chilly out, so I threw on my cashmere hoodie. Also from Quince. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. It, it, like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I, I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter toot, or toot, Kate. or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from thirty dollars. You got washable silk tops, really stunning fourteen karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Hello and welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I'm Kate Spencer. I'm Dori Shafrir. And we are not experts. But we are two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. And this here in your ears is a mini episode where we hear from you, the listeners, and we share your comments and thoughts and answer your questions to the best of our ability. And please do remember, we are not experts. We're just podcast hosts. And we do always encourage you to seek support first and foremost from a doctor and or a mental health professional as needed. And if you would like to reach us, our voicemail number is 781-591-0390. And our email is forever35podcast at gmail.com. Indeed. Tis. Let's kick things off with a voicemail, Kate. All right. I thought this was a very informative suggestion. Hi, Kat and Dora. This is Susie from Atlanta. I'm actually calling on my way home from therapy. Um, And thinking about the self-love episode from last week, you know, I was thinking about something that actually my old therapist once told me. um, And so she basically told me that there are five different roots of self-love. And I think this might have been an idea she just came up with on her own um, based on her experience. But Basically, the first one is self-discovery, learning your true self. 
The second is self-image, how you see yourself. The third is self-esteem, the value you place on yourself. The fourth is self-identity, knowing your true self. And the fifth is self-improvement, willingness to become your better self. So I know personally for me, I focus a lot on self-improvement and don't do much of the other ones. Um, And so that's been a conscious effort to work on that. But love the pod. Um, Also, like Dory, I do love my office slippers. So, all right. Thanks. Have a great day. Bye. Gotta love an office slipper. I'm learning to love an office (laughs) slipper. We We are going to talk more about office coziness because we have had a lot of listener feedback. I look forward to that. Yes, you I'm sure will weigh in with your little slippers. <laughs> wow. So these are great roots of self-love. Yes. Can we go over them again? We can. Okay. Self-discovery. Self-discovery, yes. Self-image. Mm-hmm. Self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Self-identity. Mm-hmm. Self-improvement. Mm-hmm. Which of those resonates the most with you? Self-improvement, like the caller said. I feel like I do a lot of work in that area, mm-hmm. like reading self-help books and working on myself. But some of the other ones, like self-image, self-esteem, self-discovery, mm-hmm. and self-identity, I feel like that's those are areas that I think in the next decade of my life, I really hope to deepen my understanding, especially if like self-esteem and self image those are things i've struggled mm-hmm. with my whole life yeah same. how about you i feel like i don't know self-discovery like really resonates with me i think that seems like something you've talked about in the last couple of mm-hmm. years mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i don't know this is an interesting framework that i'm going to think about yeah again we should take no credit the credit belongs to a, a th- anonymous therapist yes in atlanta atlanta but great, a really interesting suggestions. I really like that. Moving on, Dory. Yes. We received um, a lot, a lot of listeners who had also or have also been going through the experience of caring for someone with Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's an email. Hi, Kat and Dor. I was minding my own business, making morning coffee and listening to your latest mini app when I was stopped in my tracks and had to pause the pod and write you. I'm in my early 30s and I'm also caring for my mom who has early onset Alzheimer's. Her care is split between my dad and I, and she is at the stage where she requires constant supervision to keep her safe, but she's not an easy patient. And I say this as a nurse. So I wanted to first say that I see you, and I should note that this is directed at the initial uh, listener who wrote in. I too am feeling a constant tornado of anger and sadness and frustration, but my friends just don't get it. Parentheses don't even get me started when someone starts telling me about their grandparent with dementia. A few things that have helped me. I definitely agree a support group would help. You said you were in Canada. I'm in Toronto and the Alzheimer's Society has a great has a, has a group just for young caregivers. If your local society doesn't have that type of group, Hilarity for Charity runs online groups also specifically for young caregivers. Going through old photos and memories has been a way to spend quality time with my mom and also remember the person she was while she's still here to reminisce with me. I haven't found a way to manage the grief, sadness, and anger storm, but I agree that now might not be the time, but know that you are not alone. Hmm. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. Another email? So we got we got another email about this person's situation because she specifically was really struggling with the fact that she felt like her friends had kind of abandoned her. Yeah. Okay. 
This vanishing act of friends is something I still struggle with to this day, and I try not to think poorly of those lifelong friends. Who knows what was happening in their lives, what past traumas they had been through, and that our situation that our situation might have triggered. But I thank my lucky stars each day for the brave souls I've met after those past highs flittered off into our healthier, carefree past. Experiencing this brought me to one important conclusion. No matter how scary it is to not know what to say to someone experiencing loss and grief, and I still struggle with this, I think the single greatest thing any of us can do for someone caring for a loved one with this disease or any disease is to simply show up. Call, email, text, reach out on social media, just check in. By doing so, you are not only acknowledging their pain, you are helping to remind them of who they still are and to the wonderful daughter who wrote in. I'd like to simply offer my support and have included my email below should you ever feel adrift and in need of a reminder that you are definitely not alone. We had a few people offer to connect or wanting to connect with that listener. My thought, rather than having us facilitate email introductions because our inbox is so packed and sometimes we miss them, is to maybe post in the Facebook group if you are on Facebook and the Forever 35 Facebook group. And perhaps there is a space for uh, an offshoot specifically for yeah. caregivers or specifically for um, people and families dealing with Alzheimer's. I don't know. I don't know if that helps, but just I a like thought. That. We're going to transition to a different topic. And that is a topic of proposals. Mm-hmm. We had someone write in about proposing to their girlfriend and a lot of listeners weighed in. Here's one voicemail. Hey, Kate and Dory. It's Jen. Um, I love the podcast. I just wanted to call, and I'm sure you're probably going to get a bunch of these, but uh, the listener that talked about proposal um, and how to do it and all that stuff, I think that you are right on the money with the Do What Feels Organic. My husband and I are not like big spectacle people. He did it at a cabin. We were by ourselves. We were by ourselves for the whole entire weekend. Um, We just kind of enjoyed it. I did not know what was happening, so I ate a whole bunch of French onion dips, chips, and then, like, as soon as I realized what was happening, took a swig of my Smirnoff watermelon mimosa. Do not do that. It tasted disgusting, but I was just so overwhelmed, I just shoved it and was like, oh my gosh, because I didn't want my breath to smell like onions. But it's one of the things that we look back on and laugh and absolutely love. Uh, We didn't record it because we wanted our mind's eye to be able to make it what we want it to be. And the other thing, I lost my train of thought. Oh, it's gone. Um, yeah, just make it your own. You're right. Make it your own. And it'll be what it is. And I just, I love that people are thinking about this stuff because sometimes people don't think about it and they just do it and they don't talk about it. And then somebody says no, but at least they're talking about it and saying, yeah, this is what we want for the future. Okay. I'm rambling now. Uh, thanks so much. And love the podcast. Oh, I love the visual of like chomping on French onion dip and then realizing you're about to get proposed to. And then chugging a Smirnoff. What was it? Mimosa. Mimosa. Watermelon mimosa, maybe? Goodness. (laughs) Sammy's just shaking their head like, why? (laughs) 
but yeah, you're total. I, I agree with you, caller. I think it's like what anything goes. Totally. And and you know what else? I think it's like we worry so much about the proposal, but then there's this whole amazing life after together that deserves your focus too. Yeah. Here's what another listener said. I think you both were spot on when advising the caller about their proposal planning. Do it whenever it feels right, whether it's planned or spontaneous. I may be totally off base here, but I also suspect their fears about proposing during their partner's busy season at work might be somewhat driven by the notion that you have to jump right from engagement to the chaos that is wedding planning immediately, which doesn't have to be the case. That's a really good point. Yeah. But this caller got me wondering. How did your respective proposals go? Were they planned discussions or were you surprised? Are there any proposal trends now that you wish had been a thing when you got engaged? What was your proposal like, Kate? My proposal was I took Anthony out to dinner for his birthday and then surprised him at this um like brandy whiskey bar downtown in like Tribeca, New York City, and had a couple of our close friends meet us there. And then he surprised me by proposing there in front of our friends. Oh. And he had just like brought the our the engagement ring along. He didn't know what we were doing, so he just had it with Aww. him. So it was very spontaneous. I was we had talked about getting married and I had we had talked about a lot of the logistics of what it would be to get married as well as me being like i want this kind of ring because you know i did want a ring Mm -hmm, um and he had talked to he had talked to my dad Mm. um and he had actually before i got engaged soon after my mom died and while my mom was sick he'd like written my mom a letter about like his intentions i know well he's a good guy so uh so yeah so that was my proposal but it was totally low-key we got engaged in 2007 so instagram was not a a thing and i it was like for me it was just exciting to be engaged yeah how about you i i realized when we got this question i was like i know so much about dory i have no idea how she and matt got engaged it was it was also super low-key we had been talking about it for a little while we had gone ring shopping together um, so I had basically picked out my ring and I kind of knew that it was going to happen because I knew like when the ring was ready. <laughs> um, and then I just like got home from work and he was like, oh, I have to go get something in the shed. And he like went and got the ring and proposed. And he, then we took some pictures, um, with a self timer. And when I look at those pictures, I'm like, oh, my hair looked really good that day. That's all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. It wasn't anything like no, it wasn't super like, crazy. Uh, a flash mob came out and did a dance. No, no flash mob no. came out and did a dance. <laughs> you know, I think this is another thing where it's like, for me, I got engaged when I was 37. So I was like a little older than many people when they get engaged and not that that took away from like the specialness of it, but I think I, I wasn't, I wasn't doing it for the spectacle. Yeah. You know, I didn't need the social media likes. No. Um, did I post it on Instagram? Yes. But I didn't, I don't know. It just, it didn't need to be this like whole big thing for me. 
You know what? As we're talking, I also just want to acknowledge there are some people who are spectacle people. Yes. And like they might, you might love the big production and the to-do. And Totally. I think that's great if that's your thing. Yeah. It just was not for me. Yeah. Um, And I do think part of that was being a little bit older. Um, Yeah. That's it. Thanks for asking. We just learned new things about each other. We did. So nice. Let's take a pause. Let's do it. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, It's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer just come more social events. There's weddings. There's nights out. It's vacations. I mean, like all the things happening in summer. And what I love is that Honey Love has just the right thing for all those events. Feel comfortable and confident this summer with Honey Love's best-selling Superpower Short. The superpower short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that thing every day. I do too. Uh, It's my favorite Honey Love piece. Let Let me just tell you why. Yeah, get okay, into it. Okay, do you want to tell me why? <laughs> no, no, I was just going to say, like, I, I I, don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it, like, the event is every day of my life. Yes, that's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires. And just, like, sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, oh, God, like, get this off of me. <laughs> No, thank once you. you. Once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see also, how it could like, be. Yes. Also, like summer sweat under those underwires is like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic, intelligent people on this podcast, but I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I'd love to go deeper. We like to go deep, and that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year, I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like, I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass, but this year, I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 lessons 
from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the U.S. and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college. So this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm hearing those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes. Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be redefining feminism with Gloria Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss or think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie. Also from Quince. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. It, it, like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I, I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter toot, or toot, Kate. or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from thirty dollars. You got washable silk tops, really stunning fourteen karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. All right. We have a voicemail from a listener. Hi, Peyton Dory. This is Molly. I'm walking to the bus right now. 
I also am suffering from a cold, and I was thinking about the conversation that you guys were having surrounding people who say, oh, well, I never get sick because I do this, and just a certain amount of judgment and blame um, that is inherent in that. And I was really relating it to uh, conversations about being single and conversations about, oh, you know, when you truly love yourself, that's when you'll find somebody. Or when you, you know, when you stop looking, that's when you're going to find somebody. Or I didn't really, I didn't really know myself. And so that's when, you know, so-and-so came into my life. I've been single for a really long time. Oh, it's so loud. I'm so sorry. I've been single for a really long time. And it really, um, those kinds of conversations are really painful and imply that it's my fault and imply that I am to blame um, for something that, you know, hasn't happened for me yet. So I uh, just wanted to chime in. Hopefully you all are feeling better. I'm going to feel better today, too. And have a great day. Oh, I am a thousand percent with you. Did you? Is this something you experienced? <sighs> it's kind of. That messaging is just so prevalent. Yeah. It's like hard to avoid the whole like. You have to love yourself first. Once you stop looking. Right. And it's like, it's the kind of thing too, where it's like people who say, oh, I, I can't, I won't be able to find anyone until I lose weight or until I do X, Y, Z. And it's like people who don't love themselves, people who haven't lost weight, like all of these things, people still find love. Yeah. (laughs) Like there's no, there's no like criteria of that stuff that means that you're not going to be able to find love. Like, I just think that is so, that is so condescending. Also, what a ridiculous assumption that like everyone, like you have to first love yourself before you can love. Like, I don't love myself all the time. I'm still working on right. that. As though like the gajillions of people around the world who are partnered all love themselves. Yeah. Have you been watching Love is Blind? I mean, it's like, it, it's a ridiculous statement. So that always kind of peeved me. And then the whole idea of like, when you stop looking, the person Ugh. will show up. I, I think is actually like complete bullshit. I mean, I've talked about this on the show before, but like, I met Matt when I was actively dating and actively trying to find someone. And I do think that the whole like, just let it happen mentality is this kind of, we're like as women, we're conditioned to not say what we want and go after what we want. And so to say like, I'm just going to stop looking and let it happen. It's like this passive way of being. And when you actually say like, I want to meet someone you're giving yourself agency, but everyone just wants to take the agency away from us. I like this soapbox for you. Thank you, Kate. <laughs> I also think like people are just there. We're always trying to solve things as if everything is a problem. Yes. You know, yes. like, oh, well, this is why there's a really great Instagram that I follow that I love. It's not engaged. That's the name on Instagram. Their description is, hi, I'm not engaged, but I'm okay. I promise. Follow the adventures of my unwed left hand and I as we realize things are okay. And it's just such a funny, smart, subversive take on our culture and how the idea that one must be engaged or betrothed or partnered to be happy. And this person just takes pictures of their hand, their non-ringed hand around the world in different scenarios. And it's really funny and delightful. 
Also, they always have a good manicure. I love that. I'm going to start following it. But I also just want to say that like, if you want to be partnered, that's fine. Totally. Like, you know, I think people can be, of course, people can be happy single and people who are single can also say that they want partners. Like that's fine too. Again, going back to this whole agency thing, I think that when we say things like it's going to happen when you least expect it, that implies that some, you know, quote unquote, Prince Charming or Princess Charming is going to swoop in and like sweep you off your feet. And you're just going to be like, oh my gosh, you're here. When it's like, no, <laughs> that's probably not going to happen. And it's okay to say that you want to meet someone. Yes. So I'm going to delicately step off my soapbox now. I don't want to twist my ankle or anything. All right. Let's, let's read this next email because it's to you. It is to so me. Shall I read it? Yes, please. Hi, Kate and Dory. I have a question maybe more directed at Dory about surviving an afternoon around people who are blissfully ignorant of their own fertility privilege. My younger sister is pregnant with her first kid. She got pregnant literally on the first try and she said a straightforward pregnancy so far. I've been in fertility treatment for the past two years. I've done six failed rounds of various interventions and I'm gearing up for yet another cycle. I'm genuinely excited to become an aunt, but I'm also going through one of the hardest, most trying eras of my life. It's been really tough to have a foot in both worlds. The majority of people in our lives so far, when they've learned of my sister's pregnancy, have made comments like, looks like you'd better get going, or aren't you a little bit jealous? Or isn't she younger than you? Uh Uh-oh. And so my question is this. My sister's baby shower is coming up. I know it's going to be full of aunts, family friends, and random acquaintances with like 17 kids who will use the occasion as an excuse to to ask me why I don't have kids yet or when I'm planning to have them. This question enrages me. I emphatically do not want to talk about it with a single person. I am barely holding it together as it is. I'd also like to find a way to respectfully communicate to people who ask that it's an incredibly invasive question full of assumptions you should never make. It makes me furious when people feel entitled to this information and never stop to think that they could be talking to someone in the throes of IVF or someone who miscarried that morning. I'm looking for coping strategies to survive this shower, avoid these types of conversations, and keep my anger in check when they when they inevitably come up. I'd love to hear any thoughts you or your listeners might have. Well, first of all, listener, I'm so sorry that you're going through this. I've been there. It sucks. <sighs> um, I'm also going to just make a suggestion, and you don't have to take this, um, but to join the Facebook group for Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure, which is my other podcast, even if you don't listen to the podcast, which is totally fine. You don't have to. Um, But the group is full of like-minded people who have gone through this stuff. There have been many discussions um, about scenarios just like this one. And I think you will really like find your people there. Um, Now, I will also say that in these types of situations, I think I would first ask yourself how comfortable you are revealing that you have been going through a difficult time. Because I have found that um, when people say stuff like this, the quickest way to shut them down is to say something like, well, actually, I've been trying for two years and it hasn't happened yet. So, and then just watch their face. You might not be ready for that, and that's fine. Um, but that is that is one way to go about it. Is that the way you did things? 
Um, that well, I was always so public about it, right? So some people aren't don't tell people that they're doing. IVF. Yes. Yeah. Um. So, but you know, just that is one that is one way to when this has come up in the Facebook group. There are all there are always people who respond that they respond in this way, and it and it also gives them like a small degree of satisfaction to make people uncomfortable and watch them realize that they asked a really invasive question. The other thing that I think you could do is you could pretty much say exactly what you say in this paragraph where you say like, that's an incredibly invasive question. And you're making a lot of assumptions that I don't think you should make. And I don't really think you're entitled to that information. Like, I think you can be totally straight up with them. I know it takes a lot, especially when you're around family. What if you're someone like me who's afraid of confrontation? I think you can just say, I don't want to talk about it. And like then just that, don't. And that then, shut me up. And then just don't say anything else. Yeah. Just say, I don't want to talk about it. Silence. Silence. I know we're experiencing it here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because then if they, if they persist after you say, I don't want to talk about it, they are truly an asshole and you have the right to turn around and walk away. Yeah. I also think like in preparing for this specific event, mm-hmm. if you can like, Put your support system on call. Mm-hmm. Like, make sure you have an empathetic friend or person in your life that you can text during the, the day or know what you're doing after and make sure it's something that feels really good or is going to be something to help you talk about your feelings or come down from the challenges of the day. Um, just line up whatever you need to kind of feel supported. Yeah, if you can, and if you have that, I'm you know, I know you're aware of this because you say I'm genuinely excited to become an aunt, but I'm also going through one of the hardest, most trying eras of my life. I think you're allowed to feel what you feel. Like you don't need to say you don't need to qualify all of your feelings of frustration and anger and maybe resentment with, but I'm really happy for her. Like you can just feel upset and angry and sad. Yeah. That's okay. Totally okay. We're so, thinking of you. We are really thinking of you. Um, it's really hard. Um, moving on to another topic. Very different. Topic. Very different. But one that I also have strong feelings about. Well, take it away, Dory. Hi, ladies. I've recently moved to New York City from abroad, and the first thing I noticed, besides the rats, everyone has perfect teeth, straight, white, and uniform. I didn't have braces as a kid and just didn't see the point in spending money on braces or Invisalign as an adult, especially since I don't experience any pain or other issues. But now that I'm in Manhattan, I feel peer pressure. All of a sudden, I feel like a 13-year-old girl in a late 30s body. Do people think I'm ugly? Am I unprofessional? Should I get braces? I can afford them and have access to services. This is kicking up all the self-esteem issues I thought I had laid to bed in my early 30s. Thoughts? Advice? Um, I relate to this email so much because I also did not have braces. And I also have crooked bottom teeth that sometimes I see pictures of myself and I'm like, oh, I would really like to get those fixed completely for vanity purposes. I'm totally fine with them. Like they haven't like affected my right. Your teeth work. My teeth work now because they are crooked and slightly overlapping. Um, they get, they do get quite a bit of like plaque and tartar buildup. Um, so it would be n- kind of nice in that regard to have them be straight, but 
they don't have to be, but I have thought like, oh, it'd be really nice to have them straight. So I totally feel you, listener. Totally, totally feel you, especially since we live in this age of like veneers. There's a also, I don't know if it's just specific to American culture, but there's such a weird fetishization. Am I saying that right? Fetishization. 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 Yes. (laughs) Of straight bright white teeth. Bright white teeth. And like I blindingly know, white teeth. When I was seven years old, my teeth were filed down to make, they're very tight. So the dentist filed them to make room for them to grow in. Mm. And what that resulted in is my teeth all being the same length. Mm. Do you see that? Mm-hmm. Which I had never really thought about. It's it's like technically, I think a cosmetic pre- procedure now, but in 1986, I don't know. And people comment on my teeth to me all the time. Really? Yes. And it is something I don't think about at all. Teeth are not like my thing. But so many people are like, you have great teeth. Like teeth. Wow. Yes. So I understand the pressure you must feel just because I, my people comment. Now, listen, I'm not trying to humble brag about my teeth. It was purely because someone filed them down and I had to get braces later on and Mm -hmm. they're still really tight together. Um, But anyway, it's a really, it's a really very specific part of our cultural vanity. And I can imagine the pressure must feel really tough. But it's also a class marker. Yes, yes, yes. There was actually a book written a couple years ago, I believe, um, called Teeth, The Story of Beauty, Inequality, and the Struggle for Oral Health in America. And like teeth really are this like class marker and people not everyone has access to dental care and certainly not everyone has access to orthodontal care so you know i think some of the anxiety you're feeling i don't know your background or anything but could be wrapped up in some of these issues as well and no you're not unprofessional but i certainly understand how you might be making be made to feel that way. Yeah, totally. Um, and so I don't have an, I mean, I don't think either of us have an answer of what you should do. It's no. purely up to you. Um, but, but I I'm, empathize. Yeah, I'm sorry that you're in that in that position. It's a really uncomfortable one, yeah. especially when your self-esteem issues get kicked back up. Yeah. And again, maybe listeners have thoughts or advice and can weigh in. Yeah, let us know. All right, let's take another break. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad. They're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness, Dory. Mm. Okay. Which is okay. I know. Visible on my <sighs> neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, OneSkin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like crappiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel. I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, Mm. refreshed. They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially 
a moisturizer, but it has their mm-hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here mm-hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving, that sun is coming at us at all times. One Skin believes the Amen. purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out for a chance to win the French Open title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV, live in HD. Don't miss a moment with daily live coverage and match replays on demand, beginning Monday, May 20th. Be there for all the unforgettable moments. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus. All right, let's get into a voicemail. Oh. Hey, Cat and Door, I heard you talking about self-care while commuting, and I had to call in with a very silly yet enjoyable thing that I've been doing. Um, I have a short commute to work, but I get to drive over the Mississippi River every day. And um, every day, I when I drive over the river, I look at it, and I give it a compliment out loud, something like, good morning, Mississippi. Look at how that ice is forming on the edges. It looks just beautiful. Or I see your fall colors and you are stunning. Uh, it was a silly thing that started with my kid and I just being funny. And I since do it by myself every day. And honestly, it makes me feel great. Uh, it makes me remember this glorious nature in an urban area and um, truly feel wonderful. So highly recommend uh, giving me the outdoors or whatever natural beauty is around you, a compliment as part of self-care. All right. You guys are truly incredible. Bye. Give the outdoors a compliment. I love, I just, when I heard this, I was like imagining you driving over the Mississippi River, which seems so grand, and talking to this beautiful body of water. Yeah. I do. I often do talk to the outdoors. Really? Yeah. What do you say? I just like marvel at its beauty out loud. And I, mm. I talk to the animals in my yard a lot. Mm. Anyone who follows me on Instagram yeah. knows that I'm always talking to lizards. I just, I don't know. It's Sometimes it's nice just to de- like verbally declare that you yeah. see, like, I see you, beautiful rocks. Yeah. Aww. I just thought this was, was so, so nice. sweet. I loved that so much. All right. Mm. Should we move on? Mm-hmm. Okay. Switching gears. Hi, Kate and Dory. How do you feel about working full time with your spouses? My long-term boyfriend runs an office and has been having a hard time finding a quality office manager slash administrator. 
The area that we live in has super low unemployment, and the last few administrators that he's had have ended up creating more work for him because of frequent mistakes and lack of timeliness. His field is insurance slash retirement planning, so attention to detail is a must, and my background is health and compliance, so I'm more than qualified for the role, and the idea has been casually tossed around to just have me leave my current job to take over. We relocated We relocated when he was promoted to this position four years ago, so at the end of the day, it's pretty much just us, and now, often after work, a lot of time is spent venting about his frustrations about not having someone qualified in this position. I need some outside opinions on working with and for spouses slash significant others, because though we know the pros, we haven't really spent much time. I'm thinking about the cons. I mean, you work with your partner, your spouse a little bit. On Not a full time. And I don't work for him. Oh, I can already see you have a, some hesitation about this. I have a lot of hesitation about this. You do. Okay. Because I, I, I think it depends on the couple. I think it depends on the couple and depends on the job. It's one thing to say my partner works for Amazon and I'm going to be you know, a company with tens of thousands of people and I'm going to be working in a completely different department on a different campus. You know what I mean? Yes. Like this is, this sounds like a small office where her boyfriend runs the office and she would be reporting to him. She would be the administrator. Yeah. I mean, I know people who are in situations like this. Sure. And I think, you know, back in the day, a lot of women worked as like Mm. their husband's secretaries, quote unquote. Um, I don't think you should do this. Oh, wow. Coming out strong. I I don't love this. I feel like you're going to get isolated. Um, I feel like it, 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 it introduces a weird power dynamic into your relationship. That can carry over. That into- can carry over. Mm-hmm. What if something goes wrong either in your personal life or your professional life? Who do you, you know, what, like... What if you have an issue with your boyfriend as a boss? What if the, what if the problem is your boyfriend, not these administrators? I mean, like, we don't know. We don't have enough data. Well, I also think, and this is, you know, a, a worst case scenario, but what if your relationship ended? Yes. And you, and you have to work with him. Yeah. I mean, we, we want you to be financially independent mm-hmm. and to be able to leave a relationship. And yeah, I mean, there is a lot. I think there's a lot to consider here. Yes. To just be... Protect yourself and make sure it really is a situation you feel like can be productive. And you can also maintain like your intimacy and the and your relationship because I think oftentimes when you become colleagues, and certainly where one person becomes your boss, that work can then bleed into your personal life. Totally. It just it can it, it has the possibility of t- taking the joy out of your relationship. Wow. Yeah, and I just want to raise something else that I noticed about this email which is that the only part of the email where where you express any sort of real interest in the job is when you say, I'm more than qualified for the role. The rest of the email is basically about how you'd be like doing your boyfriend a solid by taking this job. And you already relocated for him. And if you're more than qualified, then maybe this job is beneath you. Yeah. And it's just like, do you even want this job? Is this job interesting to you? Are you just like, doing your boyfriend a favor because you wanted you don't want him to hear him you know you want him to be happy and i just i there's like so much about this that that raises some 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 yellow flags for me okay okay you're slowing down here i would i would really urge you to really think about 
whether you want to do this. Yeah, definitely don't take this position so that to shut your partner up about venting, about the frustrations of not having someone qualified. Yes. Yes. Okay. Good luck. That's a tough one. Last email here. Hello, Kate and Dory. Long time, first time. I've always enjoyed hearing from you both about work, home, partnerships, kids juggling. I hate the term work-life balance, and I'm hoping you might have some ideas for me, especially as Kate just mentioned her husband's holding up in a Marriott to get work done. I'm a professor, pregnant, and working on a book. I've just been gifted by my thoughtful parents at the suggestion of my husband two nights at a nearby B&B for a little writing retreat. I'm hoping to be really productive, obviously, but I also know that for me, hotel time has meant Netflix and baths. Any suggestion for maximizing or so for maximizing 48 or so hours. I think this can be really great for me, especially as my preferred procrastination method is laundry and house stuff. Do I set goals, sleep in, get up early? I know there's no one thing that will work for everyone, but do you have any suggestions? Do you have suggestions? Yeah, I've done this. Mm -hmm. What worked for you? Because I'll tell you what worked for me. I needed like a mental health break. Mm -hmm. And I also wanted to get some serious work done on on this book that I'm almost done writing. So I was like, I'm out of here for two nights. Mm -hmm. Bye. Hotelstonight.com. Let's see what you got. So my suggestion for you would be like, yeah, sleep in, do whatever, like relax, do whatever's going to feel good for you because it is a it is a break. But if you are specifically going to get work done in a distraction-free environment, I would set goals. Like I set for myself that is word count goals. And I knew that if I was like investing, spending money to be away from my family for a few days, that I needed like some return here because it was like a working mm-hmm. break. So I think I set like a 3,000 word a day word goal. And then when I met that goal, I was like, great, I'm going to get myself some food. I'm going to sit and like take a bath and watch Netflix. So it was kind of a combo of like, let me sit here and really focus, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. get this shit done, and then reward myself with some like relaxation in my PJs. That was basically my suggestion, but I was going to say what what, like works for me, I think, is setting blocks of time aside Mm. so maybe it's like nine to twelve you're working on your book then you take a 12 to 1 break for lunch then you work on it for three more hours and then you have the night free great you know yeah whatever works for you i think whatever works for you but it's kind of just scheduling in whether it's a word count goal or a time goal i think is gonna be great and then also like giving yourself that time to relax. Yeah, I do want to say, if you end up going to this B&B that you have been so thoughtfully gifted and you just are like, holy crap, I just need to sit here and zonk out, that's also great. Yes. Like, don't don't go into it with too many expectations because what you might just need is a break to let your brain rest as well. Anyway. Mm. Well, Dory, we've come to I'm so glad we solved everyone's problems. We did. We've solved everything. There's no more problems in the world. Nope. Thank you all for entrusting us with your problems. And we'll uh, talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.